Now, will it work? It's unclear. The politics of that structural adjustment would be very difficult. The politics of budget cuts would be very difficult. And unless within some reasonable period of time, Argentine voters see some gains, you could see social unrest, protests, and some really ugly political realities for Argentina's next government. Hello and welcome to the Hopkins Podcast on Foreign Affairs, a completely student-run podcast at Johns Hopkins University. I'm your host, Nicole Rivas. In this episode, we discuss Argentina's worsening economic crisis and ongoing negotiations with the International Monetary Fund, the IMF. Argentina is facing historic annual rates of inflation that have reached over 100% this past June. How did Argentina's situation become this dire? How is economic minister Sergio Massa, who is set to be the ruling Peronist coalition's candidate for the October presidential elections, dealing with this? Dr. Benjamin Godan, director of Wilson Center's Latin America program and its Argentina project and adjunct professor at Johns Hopkins University, joins us today to discuss these questions. Benjamin, thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure. Thanks for the invitation. Um, I want to start with sort of an overview of the situation in Argentina. So could you explain to our listeners what the financial situation looks like on the ground and um, especially in terms of inflation rates and poverty rates in the past year or so? Sure. Argentina has been going through a dramatic economic period. This preceded the pandemic when Argentina already was suffering from high levels of inflation and unsustainable levels of debt, but it became much worse during the pandemic. And now on the other side of that economic, social, and health emergency, Argentina finds itself with inflation that could reach 150% this year with negative growth and with the real inability to find a path toward greater economic competitiveness and debt sustainability. Well, wow, so it seems like it's very grave situation. And I'm wondering, how did how did it get to where it is now? The roots of this particular crisis in Argentina relate to a fairly large period of overspending. And this should sound familiar to anyone who has followed Argentina's modern economic history. The country often spends beyond its means. It can't always borrow normally from international creditors, in part because it has a long history of defaulting on its debt. And so it responds by printing pesos, the national currency. And as any you know, undergraduate student in economics would tell you that results in inflation, in this case, triple digit inflation. Right. And like you said, it has a history of defaulting on its debt, but um, it, it also has a history with IMF deals. And right now it's going through the process of um, negotiating, renegotiating the current IMF deal. Um, but uh, And it, that was in 2022. But does the previous IMF deal in 2018 play into this current financial situation? And um, I'm wondering, how does it affect the ongoing negotiations with the IMF deal um, from 2022 that's going on right now? Yeah, Argentina has had 22 programs with the International Monetary Fund. And its last program before the current one, which was signed by a center-right government in 2018, was the largest ever in the history of the IMF. At the time, I think there was more than $50 billion approved and ultimately $44 billion that was lent to Argentina. And unfortunately, like the programs that came before, this program really didn't solve the roots of Argentina's economic and financial struggles. And so Argentina ended up with this mammoth new debt to the IMF, and it really wasn't 
been able to get to the root causes of its problems, which are the lack of independence of the central bank, the overspending by the government, you know, a closed economy that doesn't allow it to really benefit from growth in other economies other than its exports of, of commodities and, and farm products. And so, yeah, Argentina finds itself once again trying to negotiate flexibility from the International Monetary Fund to avoid a calamity, but once again, without really solving the, the root causes of its problems. Yeah, and I kind of want to turn to um, a major figure that's uh, sort of emerged um, as uh, uh, of the current situation now, the economic minister, Sergio Massa. Uh, how has he handled the situation? Sergio Massa is an interesting figure. He is a relatively moderate Peronist, so he's sort of a center-left figure in Argentine politics. He's a several-time failed presidential candidate, the former president of Argentina's Chamber of Deputies, its lower house of Congress. And for about a year now, he's the finance minister, which is a very challenging job in Argentina, as you could imagine. He is also, yet again, a presidential candidate in the Argentine election that will take place in October. And so he finds himself really at the center of attention right now, you know, shuttling to Washington and managing high stakes negotiations with the United States Treasury and with the IMF, at the same time trying to show Argentine voters that he is the responsible figure who can represent Argentina internationally and manage to find new sources of hard currency that can keep imports flowing into the country, keep Argentina from defaulting yet again on its many international debt obligations, and eventually find a way towards stability. So what what has he proposed to the IMF so far? Well, it's not really what he proposes to the IMF. It's what the IMF proposes to him. The Argentines have been looking for greater flexibility. They've not been able to meet the relatively low standards imposed in its latest agreement. Those standards relate to reductions in the deficit, to the building up of hard currency reserves, um, to the management of the exchange rate. Instead of multiple exchange rates, they've been encouraged to unify the exchange rates to allow some depreciation of the currency, which is highly overvalued. And so there's all these areas of fundamental disagreement between the fund and Argentina. And it's been Sergio Massa's job to try to negotiate understandings that bring in fresh capital from Washington, from the IMF, and reduce the political cost of some of the reforms that the IMF would like Argentina to undertake. Right. And, and these political costs, I, I kind of want to talk more about, uh, because like you said, he's um, set to be the presidential candidate of his um, party in October for the election. And I'm wondering how his his presidential candidacy, candidacy affected his, his decision making and on the flip side, um, the IMF's decisions. It's an important question and it's not precisely knowable, but presumably both sides of these negotiations are very aware of the political context in Argentina. Again, Sergio Massa is not only the finance minister and the chief negotiator between Argentina and the IMF, but he's also a presidential candidate. The primaries in Argentina are just weeks away. He is facing no competition, but obviously he's operating in a very politicized context. I think the IMF would rather stay out of Argentine politics as best it could, but it knows that any concessions it makes to Argentina at this point will either help or harm the Peronist candidacy. Right. And 
Some are citing the recent drought as worsening the financial situation, uh, affecting some of Argentina's most important and lucrative exports like uh, soy, soybean, corn, wheat, um, seeing about about a 40% decline. So I, I'm wondering how the drought has come up with in negotiations with IMF. It's absolutely a factor in promoting greater leniency um, in the IMF's treatment of Argentina. Look, the IMF fundamentally doesn't want a crisis in Argentina. It doesn't want to be blamed for provoking some kind of financial catastrophe as occurred in 2001-2002 when the IMF cut off support for Argentina and Argentina descended into a serious social, political, and economic crisis. But also, I think the IMF is genuinely sensitive to the fact that some of the problems in Argentina are the result of this historic drought. It's lasted several years, and it's really debilitated the major exporting engine in Argentina, and that is agriculture, wheat and corn and soy. These are the sources of hard currency that Argentina depends upon for tax revenue and to generate dollars that it needs to import energy, to import any number of consumer goods and to service its debt. That said, the IMF has been clear that not all of Argentina's problems are caused by the changing climate. And in fact, in its statement released recently in describing its latest staff level agreement with Argentina, it did mention the drought, but it also mentioned what it calls policy slippages and delays, which is IMF talk for policy mistakes made by leadership. Right. And I kind of go want to go back to what you said, that this leniency. Uh, some analysts for foreign policy, including Joseph Stiglitz, have noted that the, the recent 2022 IMF deal demonstrated an unprecedented, unprecedented amount of flexibility from the IMF um, in order to give Argentina more room to recover. And like you said, the drought is sort of, um, the IMF is sensitive to it. So what does this really mean? And is the IMF indeed being lenient um, in an unprecedented amount? The IMF really seems to have bent over backwards to try to keep this program on track. Argentina was pretty insistent that it was not interested in structural reform. This government inherited this massive debt to the IMF from its center-right predecessors, and it did not seek to meet any of that program's structural reform targets. And so the IMF was faced with a difficult decision. It could have ignored Argentina's brinksmanship and potentially permitted Argentina to default on its debt to the IMF with all of the potentially serious consequences for Argentina's international economic policy and its domestic economic health. Or it could have done what ultimately it did, which is to become very flexible, um, create a program that kicks the can down the road and essentially keeps Argentina from collapse, doesn't solve Argentina's major problems in the hopes that a future government will be much more open to structural reform, including changes to Argentina's labor code, its tax code, its closed protectionist policies, the lack of independence of its central bank, and a variety of other issues that the IMF is convinced need to be addressed for Argentina not to continually have these debt crises. Right. And, and what happens if Argentina defaults again? Argentina defaults again and again and again. And so yet another default would be, in some ways, par for the course. 
On the other hand, defaulting on the IMF is a bit different. It's very unusual. It makes it essentially impossible to borrow from any other multilateral development bank. It would keep Argentina locked out of global credit markets as it is now. And it could provoke hyperinflation through a run on the currency and panic in financial markets in New York and in Argentina itself. So there's a lot of potentially unknowable but bad consequences that would come from a default to the IMF, which is why I think the IMF right now is doing everything possible to avoid that scenario. Right. And you mentioned earlier, Argentina sort of low on on its uh, foreign currency reserves, its dollar reserves, especially and it. And it's been paying some of its debts back in, in Chinese currency. Um, how does the IMF feel about that being a Washington based lender? How has it responded to this? The treatment of Argentina by the IMF has been controversial. It's controversial in Argentina for two opposite reasons. The government itself thinks that the IMF is still being too strict, and it is portraying it in the standard caricature as this external institution that's handicapping Argentina's ability to make its own economic decisions and to find a way toward economic growth. It's unpopular in Argentina for the opposite reason among the opposition, which feels that Argentina is now kicking the can down the road, avoiding any hard choices, and making it very difficult for the next government, likely an opposition government, to take over because that government will then have to take politically difficult steps to stabilize the economy. And then it's controversial in Washington and elsewhere because it's seen as excessively lenient and favorable to Argentina and setting a bad precedent for other lenders who will come to the IMF, presumably asking for the Argentina treatment. Right. And I guess that was actually what I was going to ask a little bit later, but I, I guess I'll ask now, is this response really going to set a precedent for other countries working with the IMF in the future? And how so? That's the fear among many of the IMF's most important stakeholders, is that the IMF has now set an example wherein a country can come in and get a substantial amount of support from the IMF without agreeing to so-called structural reform, without taking on the obligation of solving the root causes of the crisis. Now, the IMF, of course, will not be bound by this precedent. It's not like a legal decision by a Supreme Court. And so the IMF can try to impose whatever conditions it wants on future borrowers. But that's that was a fear, and particularly the fact that even these very low standards imposed on Argentina for this program are not being met. And that's why Argentina continually has to negotiate exceptions and tweaks to the program throughout its implementation. Um, and I'm, I'm also wondering, is, is Washington worried that with Argentina repaying its debts um, in yuan and, and Chinese currency, is, th is there going to be a, a regional trend of de-dollarization in favor of Beijing? Argentina has been turning increasingly to China to rescue it from its financial troubles. China has been, over time, an important partner of Argentina. It's a major buyer of Argentina's farm exports. It is a major buyer of, of Argentine lithium. It has been a big investor in infrastructure in Argentina. And most recently, the Chinese central bank has become much more generous and flexible in providing actual credit to Argentina, providing Chinese currency initially for Argentina to pay for imports from China without using its scarce dollars, and later for Argentina even to use Chinese currency to repay the IMF. And so this has been a novel aspect of what has been a long deepening and strengthening relationship between Argentina and China. And so what does the situation mean for 
national and regional economic stability um, with its turning to China and, and like you said, this president that the IMF has set? Look, the Chinese right now, from the perspective of Buenos Aires, are playing a role to stabilize Argentina. They are, if not bailing out Argentina, at least giving it a lifeline so that it avoids any catastrophic default or any run on the currency or inability to, to even afford basic imports. You know, from the United States perspective, this is a U.S. adversary that's gaining diplomatic and geostrategic influence through its economic relationship with Argentina. And so presumably Washington doesn't welcome this new role of China as a lender of last resort, but from the perspective of Argentina as a borrower, it sure has come in handy. And as we wrap up our conversation, I kind of want to ask a sort of uh, forward-looking question, and w- what do you think is next for Argentina it's in, in its recovery? Um, what do you think the are the next steps that the IMF will try to take from here? The IMF appears willing to continue delaying any controversial decisions in Argentina until after the election and trying to give maximum flexibility so Argentina can continue to receive disbursements from the IMF, which are largely used to repay previous IMF loans to Argentina. The whole strategy here is hoping that the October elections in Argentina produce a government willing to sit with the IMF and think through longer term solutions to Argentina's problems. And the reality is, is that's fairly likely. The current government in Argentina is very unpopular. It's not likely to win the election in October. And whoever comes next is probably willing to entertain serious structural reform as well as cut spending and increase the independence of the central bank to avoid this inflationary spiral that Argentina finds itself in yet again. Now, will it work? It's unclear. The politics of that structural adjustment would be very difficult. The politics of budget cuts would be very difficult. And unless within some reasonable period of time, Argentine voters see some gains, you could see social unrest, protests, and some really ugly political realities for Argentina's next government. And the optimistic side of me says that maybe the next government can work its way through these reforms and get to the other side with the help of some favorable external conditions. The world needs the food Argentina produces. It needs the energy Argentina produces, um, thanks in part to Russia's invasion of Ukraine and the disruption in food and energy markets. It needs Argentina's lithium for batteries for electric vehicles and the copper in Argentina for electric vehicles and other green technologies. All that is to say that there are finally some tail wins in Argentina that could provide a little bit of breathing room for the next government as it tries to navigate through all of these impossible economic challenges. We'll see how it plays out, but at least there's some reason for optimism. Well, on that note, thank you so much, Benjamin, for joining us today. My pleasure. Thanks for the invitation. Always happy to help Johns Hopkins. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Hopkins Podcast on Foreign Affairs. We hope you enjoyed it. We would like to say thank you to the International Studies Program at Johns Hopkins University and the SNF Agora Institute at Johns Hopkins University for making this episode possible. Remember to follow us on social media at Hopkins POFA on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook for the latest and greatest of Hopkins POFA content. Hit follow on Spotify, subscribe on iTunes, and leave a rating. We'll see you next time.